Hello everyone, my name is Alexandra Perry and you are listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily podcast. Today I am joined by Luke Burgess, our resident gold expert and a writer for Energy and Capital, one of our sister publications. Luke is coming on the podcast today to talk about Bitcoin, which we have talked about before, but he has actually found a way to invest in it that does not involve investing in the digital currency itself. So he's going to talk about that and also talk about his thoughts on Bitcoin as a gold investor and its purpose in our global economy. Luke, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. So I think the place to start is, as a gold investor, what drew you to Bitcoin and what do you think is in Bitcoin's future? So Bitcoin and gold share uh, similarities that are unlike uh, fiat currencies. Um, I sort of see uh, Bitcoin and gold as both decentralized or non-government currencies, whereas everything else, the US dollar, the euros, even international currencies like SDR are uh, centralized currencies, they would be government issued. So do you feel like Bitcoin could one day become a currency or do you consider it more of an asset? Well, Bitcoin definitely shares all of the fundamental characteristics of a traditional currency. Um, as does gold. And those characteristics would include durability. Um, Bitcoin and gold, they they do not uh, devalue over time. Um, Portability, Bitcoin and gold are both portable. Uh, Divisibility, Bitcoin is divisible up to the millionth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Get pretty far down there in the decimals. Gold is a little bit less divisible, but um, it still is. Uh, uniformity. Actually, now we there are two different bitcoins, so yes, we have two now. Sort of uh, <laughs> breaks from that mold, uh, but limited supply as well is another uh, fundamental characteristic of traditional money. Uh, obviously, there is a finite supply of gold, and there's going to be a finite supply of bitcoin. Um, but one of the major characteristics that economists look at today is acceptability. And that is one thing that they have against Bitcoin is um, it's not accepted by everyone. It's accepted by uh, 100,000 merchants around the world. Um, but in no country in the world does a government accept Bitcoin to pay taxes. Um, so uh, they also don't accept gold. Yeah, uh, which, which can make is, Bitcoin more of an asset than a currency in the long run. It's, it's true. I mean, if you consider gold an asset, not a currency, then you should consider Bitcoin an asset, not a currency. So one of the things that I think is interesting, if you think about Bitcoin, is that most people are not buying Bitcoin at this stage. Maybe in the early stages, you hear a lot of stories. And I was just at a conference where I talked to very early Bitcoin investors who literally just traded their funds to help develop a technology that they could see as and basically easing our monetary system. But nowadays, people are investing in Bitcoin to either hedge against disaster or to grow an investment. So they're not investing in it as a currency or they're not trading it to actually use it. They're just trading it as something that's going to grow in value. So that said, I think it's more like gold than it is the dollar. But I wanted to know what your thoughts were for Bitcoin's valuation, if you think about that as a factor if it's being used as an investment instead of a currency? Well, I think that it's not necessarily an investment right now. I think it's uh, a speculation. When I think investment, I think more of a a long-term thing. 
But yes, uh, when Bitcoin is in the news and uh, everyone's talking about it, um, people are speculating on that it's going to go higher. Uh, they are not using it as a currency. I believe it's 90% of Bitcoin owners don't trade it. They just they just sit on it. But this this is the same with gold sometimes. I mean, no, who uses gold as money? 0% of the population. People do use gold as a hedge. I don't think that they're using Bitcoin as a hedge. I think that they're using Bitcoin as speculation. Mm-hmm. So the investment play that you found relies on picks and shovels investing. And I was wondering if you could tell me and the audience exactly what got you interested in this investment and picks and shovel plays as a whole and why you think this is a good long-term play for Bitcoin. Being uh, interested in junior exploration or junior gold exploration, I'm always, I've always been interested in the quote-unquote picks and shovels uh, aspects of, of investing. Well, let me let me tell you a story. Um, in the spring of 1848, a guy by the name of Samuel Brennan went running down the streets of San Francisco, uh, shouting about the discovery of gold in California. Uh, but Mr. Brennan had a pretty good reason to spread the news of the gold discovery, rather than go panning for it himself. Um, you see, Mr. Brennan owned the main newspaper in San Francisco, but he also owned the only supply store between San Francisco and the gold fields. And just prior to his one-man parade, he went around and he bought up all the picks and shovels and pans he could find, stocked the store, and then went out shouting in the streets. Um, he paid 20 cents for the pans and sold them for $15. Um, it said in nine weeks he made $36,000, which inflation adjusted is today a million dollars. So in nine weeks he became a millionaire, not digging for gold, not discovering gold, but selling the, the gold uh, diggers, the, the, the supplies, the picks and shovels, the literal picks and shovels they need. Um, and that's what my new Bitcoin investment is based on. I'm not interested necessarily in the product of Bitcoin, rather the picks and shovels, which is the technology behind Bitcoin. I guess my first question is, is this kind of an investment for people that are looking to profit on this but are afraid of the volatility? Absolutely, because it doesn't matter whether the price of Bitcoin goes up or down. Um, there's always going to be a need for this technology to support the system um, unless the unless Bitcoin just goes away completely. Which I feel like at this point is fairly unlikely. Not only that, but we're not just talking about Bitcoin, but we're talking about uh, this technology supports all digital currencies. Bitcoin is one out of, what, 700, 700 now? 700, yeah. Uh, so so it's, it's not something that's going away. It's something we absolutely need. So I, I, I think that this is sort of a bad analogy, but I'll say it anyway. Um, it's sort of like the Bitcoin is like the light bulb, but we still need electricity to power the light bulb. Uh, in the same way, we're going to need the infrastructure to continue the Bitcoin blockchain system. That's what this uh, technology company does the hardware, the picks and shovels to do that. 
Okay, so at this point, I feel like it's worth mentioning because a lot of people probably don't know how Bitcoin is actually produced and introduced to the overall Bitcoin ecosystem. And it's through a process called mining, which sounds archaic, but now happens on a technology platform. So it requires different materials that are very similar to the picks and shovels, actually, of the gold rush era. So, um, and Luke, you can stop me if you want to jump in. The mining process, basically, you can see people doing mining in their garages with computers, um, or you know, you have people that have built mega warehouses in the middle of nowhere just to mine Bitcoin, and that this is actually restricted more to federal governments. And particularly in China, they have massive warehouses. And basically, these computers um, use specialized hardware to finish and solve algorithms. And each time an algorithm is completed, that confirms a Bitcoin transaction that's happening in the network and adds to the existing Bitcoin network. So for Bitcoin to be produced, these technologies need to exist and they need to exist in heavier volume to mine Bitcoin as it becomes more scarce on the network. So Luke, the technology in particular that you talk about is a robotic hardware that is necessary for every single Bitcoin or digital currency mining venture. Exactly. So yeah, the mining hardware is nothing more than the sum of its parts. Um, It looks just like the internal parts of a computer. It's a lot of wires and fans and uh, uh, circuit boards. Um, But the main component uh, the brains of this whole thing is our semiconductor, semiconductor chips, um, very special semiconductor chips called AC, ACIS chips or ASIC chips. Um, these chips are, like I said, the brains of the whole operation, and that's what we're investigating. So the ASIC chips that you just mentioned, they are actually very special. And I think that many people are just like, oh, you could just use any computer chips. and in the grand scheme of things, like certain hardware is a lot less expensive than other, but to unlock the Bitcoin algorithms, you need a chip that can process things very quickly and figure out things very quickly, and that in particular is the ASICS chip or the gaming chip. So <laughs> it's definitely a very specialized piece of equipment. Right, and the company that we found um, manufactures 80% of the ASIC chips that go into the miners. Um, so we're super excited about this this investment. And if you think, uh, if Bitcoin is money, um, ask yourself, what is the demand for money? It's, uh, it's infinite. And if these chips can produce money, we're almost looking at, in, like, we're investing in digital printing presses. Um, it's picks and shovels play, but it's also a printing press, press play. So this is an interesting question because eventually in, in the world of digital currency, digital currencies have to move on to a different method of production called proof. Right now they are doing proof of work, which means that in order for a transaction to be confirmed, there has to be a miner on the other side using those ASICs chips to confirm the transaction. Eventually, when these because these currencies are finite, they have to move to proof of stake, which is basically it'll start to validate itself. Um, with Bitcoin, plans about this are a lot less certain. With Ethereum, they kind of are trying to work toward that a little bit faster. But since there are so many digital currencies on the market now, I imagine that it's more than just a gold rush. It is a resource rush. Like people are out mining all kinds of different currencies. So I don't know if you you thought about that when you're thinking about the investment. Like Bitcoin was just the start. 
I think Bitcoin is very interesting from a social aspect. Um, I think that, okay, like I said earlier, I believe Bitcoin is a speculation, but that's not how it began. It began, it grew out of um, a demand for a decentralized, a private money. Mm -hmm. Today, it's it could be in a bubble or whatever, but the fact that uh, it was created, that it, it it there was enough demand for this decentralized, this private money um, to to take roots to to grow Bitcoin. I think is very socially interesting. Um, I think if we look at uh, that in a long-term uh, perspective, we can start to see some paradigm shifts in um, in the economy or in the global economy at large. Um, and I think that what we could be looking at is more uh, more uh, decentralized, more value in decentralized things. Uh, like gold. Um, I'm looking next to uh, decentralized information, decentralized knowledge. Um, and I think Bitcoin is the very beginning of, of that. I think we're going to look back uh, at Bitcoin and say that it's it was the, the seed that started a decentralized revolution. So I ask all the editors this question, and you can be upfront and say it's a guess, it's a speculation, but what do you think we'll be looking at when it comes to Bitcoin price-wise by 2020? Well, for me, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> but, but you've got to have a guess. I have a guess. Um, by we all have guesses. By 2020, I don't. So I think Bitcoin is like gold. I don't think it will ever be worth zero. Um, now I, I say that <laughs> unless unless we have no electricity and we're we're living in a Mad Max scenario, um, uh, we could, we'll still build Thunderdome to to make Bitcoin. <laughs> but um, in, by 2020, I, I I don't think it. I think it will follow gold. I think that if Gold goes higher. Bitcoin's going to go higher. Um, for now, I think Bitcoin is going to trade at a premium to gold. Um, but I think that if you want to really look at like how Bitcoin is going to trade, I think we we watch gold. Again, I think that they're 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 both uh, decentralized forms of assets or currencies, however you want to look at them. They should trade opposite to uh, fiat currencies. Well, Luke, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Since we talked about Bitcoin a lot, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that are like, that is a lot of information to process. I'm going to include some of our best Bitcoin resources below, including our investing into cryptocurrencies guide, which kind of talks about market cap and um, how to get started investing in these kind of things. If you are interested in the coin itself, I will also hyperlink to Luke's investment pick so you can learn more about it. I know you have a presentation about that, right? I do. Okay. It's all set up. I will get it. I will get it into the podcast. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to send me emails. Um, we always love to hear from you guys and follow up with podcast requests. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to have you. Have a great night, everyone.